Hello, and welcome to Meditations from Middle Earth. My name is Strider, and I'm a Christian worker here in where I call Middle Earth. We love to meditate on God's Word, and He's given us so many unique and rich experiences here in Middle Earth, and I'd like to share those insights with you here on Meditations from Middle Earth. I have described the way that Galatians 2.20 is my life verse, a verse that informs the way I should live my life. There's another verse that's extremely important to me that I would like to uh, teach for you today, and that is uh, Matthew 24 and 45. This verse I've come to see as my philosophy of ministry. If my life is bound up in Jesus Christ and ministering in his name, in his way, for his purposes. If that's the way that I've chosen to live my life, to to die to my own desires and to just live for him, how should I then treat others, behave with others? How should I help them go down this road to becoming a follower of Jesus? And Matthew 24 has informed me of this very well, and it's something that I've really held on to. The teaching is this, and that is that uh, Jesus is there in Matthew 24. The disciples are saying, wow, tell us about the end of the age. You're talking about the end of the age. You're talking about all these beautiful buildings coming down, no stone left on top of another. Whoa, when's this going to happen? And Jesus begins to give them what we call the signs of the times. And he's talking about the things that are coming. But then he says a really interesting thing. And I think what caught my attention about it is that he says this interesting thing in an interesting way. Look what he says here. He's talking about the end times. And he says, but know this in verse 43. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom his master has set over his household to give them their food at the proper time. Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. Now, look what he's saying here. He's saying, if we knew when the thief, in the case of this parable, but in the application of the parable, we're going to say, if we knew when God was sending his son to return to the earth, wouldn't we live our lives very differently on that day? If I knew he was coming now, what would I do? So many interesting films have been made about just such an event. People who find out they're sick and are dying and suddenly go off to uh, fulfill a bucket list. Uh, What are you going to do when you know that your end is near? And so many interesting movies about end of the world uh, themes, you know. So the, the world is ending and what do people do? What do they focus on? And I'm afraid 
that Hollywood so often has focused on the the banal and the vain and the temporal things instead of people really focusing on the eternal things. Here, Jesus is encouraging us to focus on the eternal things. And it's very interesting, the way he words verse 45. That's, I guess that's what really catches my attention about this verse. It would make perfect sense to say, hey, the thief's coming. Obviously, the master of the house is going to be ready for him. So you guys go get ready. Blessed is that servant who's ready. You know, who's loving others really well when I come. Who's serving others. Who's giving something to the poor. Who's doing what. But he says a really interesting thing in an interesting way. He says, Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom his master has set over his household to give them their food at the proper time? That's very specific, isn't it? Give them their food at the proper time. What's he telling us? This has become my philosophy of ministry. My job as a person, as a follower of Jesus, is to know him better, to love him more, to serve him with my whole heart, mind, soul, strength. But my ministry and the way that I carry out those things is informed by this verse. There's food to be given to his servants at the proper time. Now, I don't think I need to tell you, although maybe I need to tell you, that the organizations, the buildings, and the things that we invest so much of our time and energy in on this planet are not living, are not existing, are not going on forever. It's just not going to happen. I build a beautiful building. It's gorgeous. It's wonderful. And everybody says, look, there's Strider's beautiful building. But that building will crumble to dust someday. It is not eternal. It will not last. Perhaps I build a great organization, an organization that serves many people. And certainly we have done that. Thanks to the wonderful gifts of Southern Baptist, we have come to Middle Earth. We have given and given and given many wonderful things. We've provided disaster response. We've built houses. We've created six villages for people who had lost everything in natural disaster. We've provided clean drinking water. We've done so many good things. But every natural spring that we capped and piped down into a dry village to give water to the thirsty people, they'll all crumble to dust one day. And this organization that we have created here will probably be kicked out one day. None of this is going to last forever. What is eternal? What is going to last beyond this lifetime and for eternity to come? Well, that which God has made eternal. He made man in his own image. And so, now it's not an organization or a building or a structure of some kind that's going to live internal, eternally. No, it is human beings. Human beings that physically will die one day, but their souls and their spirits will live on in a new resurrected body that the Lord has promised us, and they will live forever. So now, if I'm thinking about what to invest in, 
what to give my time to that will then have eternal consequences, I had better be thinking about people. And that's exactly, exactly what verse 45 here is focusing on. Who is that servant that the master set over his household to give their servants their food at the proper time? We're giving out food at the proper time. What is that food? The food is the word of God. Jesus says he's the bread of life. We know that the word is food indeed. The word is what lasts forever. God's word. He has made it so that it lasts forever. And so as we give this food, God's word, to people whom he has created to last forever, now we have something. That's something worth investing in. And now that informs the way that I think about it. Listen to what he says again. Who then is the wise and faithful servant whom his master has set over his household to give them their food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. So, what does it mean to give food? I believe that my job as a minister of the gospel is to get up in the morning to read the word of God, to pray to Almighty God and ask him for his wisdom, to ask him for a closer relationship, a deeper relationship, to worship him, to know him better. And then as he reveals himself to me, I then offer those revelations to those around me. God's servants are everywhere around us. People are eternal and people are starving to death. They hunger and thirst for truth. They build their lives on false foundations, false expectations, false understandings. They build their lives on fear. They build their lives on selfishness and self-centeredness, greed, lust. All of these things are destroying their souls and they are thinking, if only I can get a little more, I can be satisfied. And the more is never enough. And here I am sent by the living God, a broken person just like all the broken people around me, a man of unclean lips just like all the people of unclean lips around me, to quote Isaiah. And he has given me food. He has shared with me his word, a word that everybody can read. And as I've gone to him to meditate, to study, and to pray, he gives me life. And then I go and I offer that life to others. This is my philosophy of ministry. This is the way I think about the work that we are called to do. I go to God, I get the living bread that he gives, and I pass it out to those around me generously. At the proper time. What does that mean, at the proper time? Again, I just find these words that he uses slightly odd and awkward. He could have worded it differently. He didn't. He chose to say it this way. And I think he chose to say it this way to get our attention and say, you know what? There is food that he's giving us, and we are to be passing it out. His servants are hungry. There's people all around us who are hungry, and we're to be passing out the good truth that he gives us. We're to be giving and giving and giving. I live in a culture 
that doesn't believe in that at all. I live in a culture where people take knowledge and they consider knowledge to be power. And power is not to be shared. I was working in a village once and I was asked to help this particular family that was really poor. I went and I looked. They had a kitchen garden that was just all rocks and stones and dirt and nothing was growing. And the man who lived next door to this guy had a beautiful stand of wheat. It was, it was nearly three feet tall. It was a gorgeous stand of wheat, green for, uh, for half an acre. It was green and beautiful and blowing in the wind. And there he was with his next door neighbor. Nothing was growing. I was like, what is going on here? And this guy with the beautiful stand of weed is saying to me, would you go help that guy? He's got six kids and he can't feed them all. And he keeps coming to ask me for help. And I just don't have any more bread to give him. He needs to make his own bread. Can you go help this guy? And so I thought, what is going on here? I went and I talked to that guy. And I discovered that he doesn't know the first thing about farming anything. And so I said to his neighbor, I said, dude, why don't you tell this guy how to grow wheat? Clearly, you know how to grow wheat. Just tell him how to do it. He's got six kids. They'll get out there. They'll get busy. They'll do the work. But they don't have the knowledge. They don't, they've never grown anything before in their lives. Now, you've got to tell them. This guy looked at me like I was crazy. Share knowledge that I have with somebody else? Oh, no, 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 no. We don't do that. Oh, it's so discouraging to see people who are so poor. And the reason they're poor is not because they don't have money. The reason they're poor is they won't work together. They don't work together because their relationships are broken. And their relationships are broken because their relationship with God is broken. Brethren, when we become followers of Jesus... And that relationship with God is restored. And he gives us the living bread. We must be found passing it out. Sharing that knowledge, that bread, that love, that grace with those who need it. When they need it. At the proper time. At the proper time means two things to me. One, when I have an opportunity to share, I don't miss it. I don't say, oh, it's, it's kind of awkward timing. I'm kind of tired right now. Uh, you know, there's other people standing around. Maybe I shouldn't share truth from God's word just now. It's, it's, it's awkward. Yeah, I just won't do that. I, I have a new phrase. It's called, faith is moving through the awkward. You move through the awkward. You step through the awkward. And you get to the other side. And you find out that people want to listen. People want to hear. And they don't always obey. And they don't always listen to what you say. But we need to step through the awkward and share at the proper time. Don't miss the timing. The other thing that I'm keenly aware of is that if I'm, if I'm going to share at the proper time, I better have something to share at the proper time. <laughs> I was telling some of the guys that work with us not long ago, I said, you get up and maybe you're late, and, and, and maybe everything's gone wrong for you that morning, you don't run out the door without putting your pants on. You don't get to work and say, 
Oh, sorry, everybody. I was running behind this morning and wasn't able to put my pants on. No, that, ne that doesn't happen. That never, ever happens. Well, sometimes in some of our more sadder dreams that happens. But generally speaking, that never happens. So it means that when you get up in the morning, you don't go out that door without putting your pants on. And you don't go out that door without having read some of God's word so that you can be ready to give that food at the proper time. The proper time's coming. Do you have something to give? Don't go out that door without something in your bag to give away. Don't go out that door without something in your heart to share. The word is rich in knowledge, in truth, in love and grace. Fill yourself up with that before you go out that door. And don't forget to put your pants on. So this is my philosophy of ministry. To be ready always to share the word of God. To not miss those opportunities to share at the proper time. And when he comes back, will he find me faithful? Serving his people with the bread that he's provided? I hope he does. And I hope he finds you faithful as well. Amen. This has been Meditations from Middle Earth. May God be your ever-present teacher and richly bless you on your journey.